Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Anita J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, September 18th, 2018, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 116 in Chapter 8, Two Wives, beginning with the second paragraph. We have elsewhere remarked how much better life is lived. Reading through two paragraphs, ending with, if you possibly can, and we'll be commenting on both paragraphs. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Richard B., and for the 12 Traditions, Pam R. And readers of the text this morning are Susan H. and Maura Z. And waiting in the wings patiently is Sally P. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, September 17th, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 1,000, 1,000, that was decades, it seems, 11,922, 11922. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it's 11924. 11,924. Our newcomer greeter this morning will be Deborah E. And our 8 a.m. host, Rebecca B. Okay. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Richard B., to read the 12 steps of OA for us. Thank you, Anita. Good morning, everybody. My name's Richard B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Ireland. And here are the steps we took, which is suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, 
came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard B. And I'll now ask Pam R. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Pam R., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from flooded Wilmington, North Carolina today. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thanks so much, Pam R. We're hanging in there with you. All righty, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. But today we are resuming our study of the big book and we are on page 116, which is in chapter eight, two wives. We're going to be reading two paragraphs beginning with um, uh, we have elsewhere remarked. And I will now ask Susan H. to get us going. Morning. Good morning, Anita. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and glad to be able to give service. We have elsewhere remarked how much better life is when lived on a spiritual plane. If God can solve the age-old riddle of alcoholism, he can solve your problems too. We wives found that, like everybody else, we were afflicted with pride, self-pity, vanity, and all the things which go to make up the self-centered person. And we were not above selfishness or dishonesty. As our husbands began to apply spiritual principles in their lives, we began to see the desirability of doing so too. At first, some of us did not believe we needed this help. We thought on the whole we were pretty good women, capable of being nicer if our husbands stopped drinking. But it was a silly idea that we were too good to need God. Now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives. When we do that, we find it solves our problems too. The ensuing lack of fear, worry, and hurt feelings is a wonderful thing. We urge you to try our program, for nothing will be so helpful to your husband as the radically changed attitude toward him, which God will show you how to have. Go along with your husband if you possibly can. And... uh, Reading this this morning, uh, these two paragraphs did stand out to me. Um, Looking to a higher power and following spiritual principles is for everyone who is human. And and I truly believe that. Down to my toes, I believe that. Um, As our husbands began to apply spiritual principles, we began to see the desirability of doing so. Um, What that says to me is what I've heard many people on this line say, and I believe more and more as I hear it again and again, recover, recover, recover. My goal is to allow my loved ones to see my joy in recovery 
that that I believe is the key to sharing what I've been given with my family. I cannot push or pull anyone's way to a higher power. So I, I ask, I ask every day for my higher power to take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness of your power, your love, your way of life. That is, uh, I don't have the power to change them, um, but I can show them what God has done in my life. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you very, very much. We'll we'll now open it up. Who else would like to share on those two paragraphs? Larry. Larry. Ginger C. Ginger C. Kathy K. Kathy K. Janice PM. Janice PM. Richard B. Richard B. One more. Or not. All right, let's go with Larry, Ginger, uh, Kathy, Janice, and Richard. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Thanks so much. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Okay, good, good. So um, what I want to zero in on is it says, in spite of our newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. And um, see, the, the, the spiritual way of life promises a transformation in my thinking, not a, a, like a transmutation where I'm going to become some sort of superhero. You know, there was never a promise of a protective bubble where I wouldn't feel, you know, quite the opposite. And I'm reminded of Bill W. for some reason here, because this guy had a spiritual awakening. Now, his was more sudden, but, you know, he had a spiritual awakening. But he battled lots of things in his life. One of the things he battled was depression all his life. After the spiritual awakening, he would be faced with bouts of uh, depression. See, my, my nose still occasionally runs. My, my cell phone malfunctions. Um, people get sick. Sometimes they die. And nobody follows my script. And I've written a beautiful script. It has a beautiful ending, but people don't follow my script but I'm no longer driven to eat myself to death. Bill W. described, um, I was thinking, the effect of the substance. He described it well. His very first drink, and he said he, was, he, he had a recollection of his first drink, and he said, and I quote, perhaps it took a little time, but it seemed to happen instantly. My body began to relax, a stiffness going out of my shoulders as I sensed the warm glow seeping through me. It was a miracle. That's how he described his first drink. And he would chase that effect until he had a spiritual awakening that would be a substitute for that effect. It, just like me, perhaps just like you. Until I had a spiritual awakening, I would continue to chase that effect. But my life is not perfect. The real miracle is, in spite of my nose running this morning... In spite of financial insecurities at times, in in spite of people stepping on my toes and not following Larry's script, I don't chase that effect anymore because I'm tethered to God rather than tethered to myself. Imperfectly, but I am tethered to God because this is a way of life that I follow. 
and I no longer chase the effect that Bill described so well. My shoulders, it doesn't, it doesn't bring me anything. I don't want the food anymore, and that's a miracle. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Larry Kay. Good morning, Ginger C. Hi, Anita. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Oh, what a powerful paragraph. And um, we have elsewhere remarked how much better life is when lived on a spiritual plane, practicing these 12 steps and most importantly, trying to do God's work. Um, We just heard a beautiful big book speaker this weekend and she said, one of the coolest things, you know, we're all so broken. We don't come whole to this program. So we're like broken bases carrying God's water if I'm doing this deal and practicing it. And I'm doing it imperfectly. I have probably one of the biggest 10 steps that I'm making since I put down the food almost three years ago. But you know what? I'm willing to go to any lengths for victory because that's the promise that I made. And I just pray that I never stop because our example is powerful and so powerful it can be affecting those most closest right here, right now, which are our families. And one of the beautiful, most amazing gifts that I had this past weekend is that I had my husband and my daughter in the audience seeing the life that I live through this vision for you, this amazing recovery, this amazing gift and opportunity every day that I have to have to reach that hand back to the person that's in the quick stand and never forget that they're there. And sometimes the family has a hard time. My husband's called me like I'm a telephone operator. You know, we got to remember that they're there and they've been missing us greatly and we've got to balance this work. And my daughter sometimes especially doesn't like all the phone calls or doesn't like, you know, mom's attention being taken away. But she got to see a woman come in tears and pain, embrace her mom. And she saw the power of one alcoholic working with another alcoholic. And that person may go home. She may be doing it right now, getting into this book and watching a transformation. And my daughter got to see that. And she said last night, it was my husband's birthday dinner, and we were all sitting around at our table. And she said, you know what, you guys? We can't give mom such a hard time anymore about those phone calls. Not after what I saw. So it's powerful stuff if you're doing it and you're in it and you're staying with it. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Ginger C. Kathy K., you are up, and then Janice P.M. Good morning, Anita. Thank you for your service. This is Kathy K., recovered in Boston. Oh, my, this, these two paragraphs and what I've been hearing uh, bring back to mind what happened to me when I completed my first fourth step, um, the resentment towards my husband just melted away, um, and it was a miracle. I had um, I didn't understand what was happening to me, but it was the beginning of partnering with God um, to let go of my character defects, my dishonesty, my self-centeredness, um, and discovering a new way of life. Um, and, you know, I had so much judgment about everybody else who wasn't meeting my expectations. 
including my husband, um, I didn't realize that that was my problem. I thought everybody else was my problem. Um, And by working through the steps one at a time, uh, I did experience a transformation in the way I think, in the way I act. And the most amazing thing about this all is um, since I did that work a number of years ago, I've come to see my husband as a very spiritual person. Um, And I'm not, I did not say religious, I said spiritual, because he he lives by certain values that I aspire to in the principles of the 12 steps. Um, And uh, so it's been a miraculous journey, and um, I am just so grateful that I persisted in the work and that I continue to persist in the work because I can easily fall back on my old default ways of reacting to the world. Um, It's only by staying, as other people have said, tethered to God that I can continue to experience life in a very different way. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kathy Kay. Janice PM, you are up. And thank you so much. And good morning to you, Anita, uh, Jay, and everyone on the line. Yeah, we have we have elsewhere remarked how much better life is when lived on a spiritual plane. What does it say? Where where have we elsewhere remarked in this book? We're in the wives now. Well, if we go back and we remember the experiences, the examples that this book taught us about Bill, about his pride, about uh, Jim, about Fred, about all those examples. They all have one thing in common. Yeah, they do. And these character defects, they did, they were abstinent. They got abstinent, but they didn't increase on this. They didn't live on a spiritual plane. And, you know, we we found that that a higher power they found through practicing these steps they found a higher power to remove the obsession okay that's wonderful however they didn't continue on the spiritual plane they still were too proud they like me like me i can identify i'm talking about them but they're really me too proud thought I didn't need a God. I don't need a God. I'm pretty good. It's just their problem. They're they're the ones that have to get better. But it says we wives found that like everybody else, we were afflicted. Oh, I'm the same as the alcoholic. Yes, Janice. You had so much pride. You thought you could do everything. You know, you were always self-pity. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Uh, you were all, and the biggest thing is so self-centered. Well, we found, see, this is a wonderful, wonderful directions for mothers, for wives. It doesn't matter who you are. We have to get a light, the same as the alcoholics, the compulsive overeaters. Of course, I'm one too. But if we get a light and we practice these principles of honesty, I was so dishonest. You know, if I, if I believed in a power greater than myself, I come to believe that because, because it happened. It happened to me. 
you know, they they begin to say, you know, I got a call early this morning around 6.30 and I got up late, but that, God sent that angel to me because, you know, I hadn't done my, my readings yet. And she said, okay, we got to go because we got to get ready for the meeting. And I went, oh, the meeting, of course. <laughs> but you see, I'm going through some stuff. And of course, you know, uh, you know, life goes on and things are going to be happening today for me that uh, I don't particularly like. I don't like not eating before a colonoscopy uh, and going through all that stuff, you know, if you've had one. But you know what? I'm here with you. See, we can't be alone. This uh, this experience from other people. Thank mm-hmm. God. Um, thank you so much. So we wives, thank God I have you people to remind me who I am and what it's just a day and I need that power. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Janice PM. And Richard B., you are up. Thank you, Anita. Good morning again, everybody. I'm still Richard B., and I'm still a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I want to focus on the fact that I am not perfect, and I consider myself a baby in this program. In a few days, I will have six months abstinence. And sometimes I don't work the program the way I'm supposed to work my program. And excuse me. <clears throat> and what it says here is we have elsewhere remarked how much better life is when lived on a spiritual plane. Um, I'll give you an example of a few things that happened this week. <clears throat> One was where I went completely off the rails regarding my spiritual program. And the second one will be how I found the program again. Um, I lost one of my major sources of income this week, I lost one of my jobs. Um, And I'd had that job for 10 years and I lost it without any explanation whatsoever. Um, And I wasn't contracted or anything like that, but uh, it still came right out of the blue. And it absolutely devastated me to the core. And um, anyway, I, for about just over a day, just over 24 hours, I had cursed my higher power to the hilt, screaming at the ceiling. The next day, uh, the thir- that was Wednesday, and the Thursday it found me in the, host- uh, in the psychiatrist's office um, for a regular appointment, and I was crying my eyes out. And then I realized that some of my emotions were, n- or I was told actually, some of my no- emotions were mm. natural emotions. And um, where it says here, um, now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives. Um, I stay close to my sponsor and I stay close to my best friend who is also a member with a lot of recovery. And I shared and I did my 10th step. And I looked at steps four through nine. And over a period of days, we with some help because I was not in a good mental state, but we managed to get through this. And um, something happened again yesterday with my wife's um, employer and um, through no fault of her own. And um, for part of the day, um, I saw her suffering. And I, I, again, I was finding it hard myself because I'd been we had taken such a blow during the last few days. 
But um, I'm reminded this morning as reading this, like Overeaters Anonymous has um, a, a little um, reading and writing exercise on their website that um, is... Okay, thank you. Um, I'll, I'll just finish, um, just wrap up. Um, and, and this uh, reading and writing exercise is um, how to work the 12... I don't can't remember the exact title, but it's how to work the 12 steps on a life's problem. And I, I have that wallet card in my wallet, and it's something that I really need to take out and put in my big book it, as my bookmark rather than the one I have, because uh, it's something I quite often forget when life hit the, uh, takes a blow. Okay, so with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Richard B. All right, I'm opening up the floor again. Who else would like to share on page 116? Barbara uh, B. Vasa O. Harlan G. Melissa C. Vasa Harlan. Melissa C. Yep. Leslie W. Leslie W. Leah M. And Leah M. All right, let's go with this lineup. Barbara, I didn't know if it was B or E, but you'll tell me. Vasa O, Harlan G, Melissa C, Leslie W, and Leah M. So, Barbara, which Barbara? Thank you. This is Barbara B. B, all right. Okay, this is Barbara B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. I'm looking this morning at now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives. I think about this and talk about it and share about it often because it's so what I'm very conscious of. So I say to myself, if I'm really going to live uh, not as a self-centered person, as a God-centered, other-centered person, does that mean just in program, just at meetings, or does it mean with my husband, with adult children, with grandchildren, with my neighbors, Am I going to truly be compassionate, accepting of others uh, in every department of my life? Um, We're retired people, so it's not a challenge on the job, but involved in community. And am I going to be thinking of others? Am I going to be reaching out for others? Or am I going to constantly be thinking of self? Am I going to be judging of others? I mean, we learn we don't judge in the program. We're accepting Can I practice that in the department of uh, board meetings that I go to or community meetings? Can I not judge the people, those spiritual principles? And am I going to take these principles that I read about and just really, truly quit playing God, quit running the show? Am I going to really not think I can control and direct my husband, adult children, my neighbor, Um, So practicing it in all of my affairs and every department. Now, I've recently been uh, calling cousins that I haven't heard from that I know have certain distress. Wouldn't I reach out to a suffering compulsive overeater? Why not reach out to my cousin who is suffering? So I love the look at the fact that I'm called um, to put the spiritual principles to work in every department of my life. Thank you when I pass. Thank you very much, Barbara B. Vasa, and then it'll be Harlan. Thank you. Thank you, Anita, for your service, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. 
calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Uh, and uh, I was promised uh, uh, if I put the food down, clean the clean house, trust God and help others, and this it was it was going to work. And I did have the gift of desperation. I really didn't want to put the food down, but I was just suffering so much, and I was just so ready, willing to do it and just to surrender. And this is uh, the chapter of the husbands and the to me it's husband or the wife. I apply it to myself, and I also see my husband how he suffered because of my food addiction. And and he's got his own addiction he's dealing with, but I just don't let that bother me because I keep putting the focus on myself. So for me, I needed to find a power greater than myself to put the food down, and that was a miracle. I never thought in my whole life I would ever be able to put the alcoholic foods down. It was just a miracle for me that God was doing me helping me with, with something that I couldn't do that I tried to put down for many, many, many years, and I could not keep it down. And I thought that's what, that's what I needed to do, just put the food down, and you know, I found a higher power greater than myself, and then I'm going to have a perfect life. I was on God's side and the, and the, and the 12 Steps uh, Recovering Programs. And yes, there is ups and downs through life, even, you know, when we are, when I'm abstinent, and it is by the grace of God, you know, going through the fourth step, I could see my character defects, and, and, and I, it was very painful, because I did not use the food to numb me down any longer, but, you know, I mean, it was, hundred times more powerful to feel the feelings than it was before, at least before I could, um, um, I could supp- suppress them or stop them with the, with the food. But again, I, you know, I've been here for many, many, many years. I still feel like I'm a newcomer. I mean, I hear these new people coming. They've been in the program for only five months or a year, and they have so much to give. But that's okay. It keeps me teachable, you know. Then that's why I am attracted to my higher power and to the 12 steps. I need to be reminded and, and not to go back where I was, where I was many, many, many years ago. So I'm just so grateful. My mission is to help others, and I do help others. And right. if they want it, it's there. They have to want it. They have to be willing, and they have to be ready. I really don't chase people, and I used to chase people before. And I need to chase the program and the 12 steps, and I pass. Thanks very much, Vasa. Oh, Harlan G., good morning. Good morning, Anita. This is Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in still sweltering Scottsdale, Arizona. These two paragraphs are very impactful because no matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. Bill Wilson scribed the words, it is evident that a life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And my life and his life exemplify that. Bill Wilson and Lois Wilson became homeless in 1939, right after the book was printed. Roosevelt changed the law, the mortgage holders kicked them out, 
at 182 Clinton Street, and they didn't move into Bedford Hills. They didn't move into Stepping Stones until 1941, and for two years, they lived with the Parkhursts, they lived with the Mayos, and they lived like vagabonds place to place to place to place. They moved more times than Carter has pills. His life was not perfect. My life was not perfect. But what what is absolutely true is that there is nothing in my life that the illness will not make worse, and there is nothing in my life that the recovery will not improve. As the illness of compulsive overeating, pervades every cell of my being and ruins everything. God and the program and the steps when worked every day will improve anything. I have situations in my life that are human. I have situations in my life like all of us that I wish were different. And I have to live with the holes in my heart because they're not. But God comes in through the working of the steps, and I, it, he makes it bearable. He rises me above it. I need God more today than I did yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. And this is why the same guy who wrote the words, it's evident that a life run on self-will can hardly be a success. He also wrote the words, it works, it really does. And he wrote the words, it should continue for our lifetime. The worst thing I can do today is stop working the steps. I have to continue because I'm not done yet. I'm not done while I'm still breathing. There's nothing in this world that the illness will not ruin and there's nothing in this world that the spiritual awakening as the result of the steps will not make better. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ireland. Uh, Melissa C., and then it'll be Leslie W. Hi. Good morning, Anita. Sorry. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive reader in New York. And um, yeah, you know, so I love, like, the miracle of my sobriety, the miracle of my food sobriety, my abstinence, um, really gives me inspiration and the belief that any problem, you know, in God's hands can really be fixed. And, and you know, I thought I was grateful um, for my abstinence and my recovery, living recovered. I thought I was, you know, grateful uh, nearly five years ago when it happened to me. And I was, you know, like to to suddenly feel free of the bondage of food when, you know, like let's face it, that's why I was here. I was here because I was owned by food and I couldn't stand it anymore. And so that alone, when that, you know, happened to me um, from God, I, I really was very grateful because I suddenly found I could live. You know, and now, yeah, living life, life on life's terms, it didn't mean because I became recovered that I'm not faced with troubles. Like, yeah, life is in session. I keep hearing it here. And if, and if you know, you're not in, in the midst of the storm, be ready. It means the storm is on its way. And um, But I'm so grateful today that in the midst of the storm, I have spiritual solution. And... Um, you know, and so being 
sober, being abstinent, living recovered, living in spiritual principles means that I have something to offer a, a family that's hurting, you know, my family that's in a lot of pain. And, um, and I know when I start um, getting off course, it's when I start um, playing into fear. I start, like, entertaining my fears. And, and my spiritual principles, you know, living in agreement with the steps has me consistently turning to my higher power and letting go of those fears. And, and I come to find that I actually can do it, like, on a morning when things did not look great this morning. And, but, you know, it was okay. I didn't get, I didn't get hysterical. I was calm. Um, loving, patient, tolerant, kind, and I think my faith um, is inspiration for my family. I know that it's soothing my husband. I can see that it has a great effect on everyone, and um, so it's more than just putting the food down. That's the easy part. You know, it's the life we get. Thank you. That all pass. Thank you very much, Melissa C. Leslie W., and then it'll be Leah M., Thanks so much for your service, Anita. This is Leslie, recovered in Tennessee. And it's not a mistake that I read this very paragraph this morning and wrote on it before the meeting began. And um, in spite of the newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. Many of the old problems will still be with you. This is as it should be. What a reality check for me uh, to read that, those sentences, and a relief, quite actually, because yesterday was such a rough day for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I woke up, both my kids, both of my boys were sick, and um, <laughs> and um, the plans that I had laid out for my day yesterday didn't, weren't, weren't going to happen, and um you know, I found myself in, in an abyss, very quickly, in an abyss of self-pity, and all of a sudden, my life sucked. Um, you know, saying things to myself like, oh, I just don't, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be me today. You know, I, I don't want to be at home with these sick kids. I don't want to be in this apartment. I don't want, I don't want this. I don't want that. And, you know, before I know it, I was, I, I was back in the bedevilment. And I took a bat and I started beating myself up about it. Then I had a call with another recovered fellow. And I did my 10th step. And what I realized through that call, thank you, God, was that that day that I had yesterday is an anomaly for me. It is not the norm for me. It used to be the norm. I used to wake up irritable, full of self-pity, full of resentment every single day, depressed, wanting to drown myself in a bathtub. And I got to tell you, if it weren't for this program, if it weren't for these steps, if it weren't for this process of this, 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 this examination that I go through every single day, um, it's hard, and there are days when I don't, I don't, there are days when I just, I don't really um, <clears throat> necessarily want to do the work, but I know that it's the only way for me to be free. 
And I am grateful to have a way to be out of that mess. And I am grateful that the day that I had yesterday is not the norm for me anymore. And today is a new day to start fresh. And here I am with all of you. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Leslie W. Leah M., you are up. Thank you so much, Anita, for your service. I'm grateful to be reading this this morning. Now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives. When we do that, we find it solves our problems, too. Um, you know, <laughs> I have a large family, 12 kids, some, you know, daughter-in-laws, son-in-law. Um, there's a lot of departments in my life. I'm so grateful uh, for this program of recovery. I'm not only, I not only thank God for my program, but I thank program for bringing me to God. Uh, there were two decades, over two decades of my life where I had no relationship such as God. Um, I lived in a world based on self-reliance and self-sufficiency, and I failed miserably. It was self-will run riot. Um, I created havoc. I was the author and the architect of tremendous turmoil, torture, and misery. Um, how grateful I am that the program of recovery introduced me and told me about the necessity for God. If it was not for God, um, I would be dead. There's no question about that. And, you know, I look at my relationship with God as true north. You know what I mean? No matter what is flying on the scene of the Marcus household, and there's a lot flying on the stage of this play over here, um, you know, I know through experience that external conditions are not a remedy for an internal condition called a spiritual malady, a soul sickness, selfishness, self-centeredness. So whatever is happening on the scene of life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the very challenging, uh, you know, that can happen in life, um, I take out my compass, the 12 steps. And I realize there is not a spiritual part of the program. It is a spiritual program. Where is God in this situation? Where is God in this situation? I cannot change the world or anybody in it. The only one I can change is myself. And the program of recovery, these steps which I trudge and which I press into each and every day, that inner world where my thoughts and my actions and my words originate, can be changed. That can be changed with the help of these steps and God. The outside world, everything going on is subject to my acceptance. If I want to resist, okay, spiritual pain. <laughs> if I want to accept, then I can have peace. So that compass, the 12 steps, always takes me to true north where the true ease and comfort lie, a relationship, a dependency, a reliance on a power greater than myself. God either is or he isn't. What is my choice to be? And that's a question I ask myself every single day, many times a day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Leanne. Uh, we have time for two, maybe three. Kelly, yes, yeah. 
Kelly yes, and who was it? Nessa R? Yes. Okay. Let's go with the two of you. Kelly yes, and then Nessa. Thanks so much. This is Kelly S., recovered compulsive reader in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, wow, some seriously powerful shares. Just great reminders. Again, you know, as Leah just said, you know, we have a spiritual malady. It took me 32 years to understand that. And, you know, when I read these two paragraphs, not only for the wife, but even for myself, you know, we thought that um, if uh, basically if, if our husband stopped drinking or if I stopped drinking, you know, life would be great. And as we know, you know, I lived in my bedevilments, even abstinent. And so today what I'm trying to do and I am doing actually is learning to live by spiritual principles. You know, they say our family sometimes are the only big book, you know, they may ever read. And I don't want them to just see, oh, mom's abstinent or, you know, for my spouse to say, you know, oh, Kelly's abstinent and then just be crazier than crap. You know, I want to show them the power of these spiritual principles. And I'm going to tell you guys, I have never lived by spiritual principles, you know. So this is a whole new way of life, you know, being honest, you know, being um, selfless. You know, as it says, you know, we're selfish and self-centered to the extreme. And this is a family disease. And so everybody around us, you know, my kids grew up in this disease. And so today I want to show them this way of life, that not only it's important to put down my drug, um, to put down my food, to, you know, be 100% abstinent, you know, I want to show them the power, the power of my higher power, which is what has given me this new way of life. And, you know, I love being reminded of my humanness because I've only been abstinent and recovered for three and a half years. And as everybody's been sharing, life keeps coming up. And I want to see, you know, it's, it's one thing to do when everything is going my way, which isn't very often, to be honest. <laughs> and, you know, this weekend, I still tried to get into that. I still tried to arrange everything. And I... When I get into that, not only food blocks me, but my character defects block me. And when I try to arrange the play and the players, I get blocked from my higher power. And you know what it takes for me to see the truth? It takes me working these steps to get to my higher power. It's through these steps. It says that in step 12. And so, yes, I did pray. I did meditate. But it was through my nightly review and talking to my sponsor that I was able for my sponsor to say, okay, wait, 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 let's talk about this. And I was able to see where I was blocked. So I have to remember, I do spend time in prayer and meditation, but it is these steps. It is this program that gets me to my higher power, that gets me unblocked to see what I need to do today, to live life different, and then to go do the amends to my family or to show my family how I'm doing things different and just, you know, to be an example. And it's just so powerful. Like, I just couldn't believe it. I just can't even believe it. I'm just telling you guys, <laughs> if you're giving up hope, don't give up hope. Put your food down, work these steps, and it, it affects the entire family, and it's an amazing way to live. And life keeps happening, but I keep working these steps. and grateful to be doing it with you guys and hearing your experience, strength, and hope on this meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kelly S. And Nessa R., good morning. You are up. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. and. Uh, you know, this morning I was uh, meditating on something apropos with regards to transformation. Um, you know, I have a family member who, a very close family member with whom we spend a lot of time. And, you know, she is uh, an extremely negative person, very critical, very demanding. Um, 
nothing really positive comes out of her. It's all criticism and complaints and, you know, tension. When she comes into the room, um, everybody feels the stress and the tension. When she leaves the room, it lingers. And it is very painful to be around her. And I can only imagine how painful it must be for her to be her. And, you know, it's actually a, a behavior characteristic that runs in my family, you know, like, you know, my father and, you know, his brother and my cousin, like, you know, there's a few people in my family who are like that. And, and you know, like she's getting worse and worse and worse as time progresses. And what it occurred to me um, this morning was that there, but for the grace of God, through the work of these 12 steps in entire abstinence, go I. That could be me. That was me. Perhaps not as bad. That was me before recovery. You know, people around me would 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 walk in eggshells. They didn't know. Um, you know, I I used to wake up really late. I don't I don't do that anymore. Now I wake up very early. But I used to wake up after everybody um, in the household, and they didn't know. You know, whether I was going to have an explosion or whether I was going to be you know in a in a in a decent mood. And I know for a fact that if I stopped working the steps, if I rested on my laurels, that would be me in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, and perhaps even even worse than than um, you know this family member is. And so you know, like the transformation has not only been physical, of course, with you know the release of over seventy pounds. Um, it has been on a much, much deeper level, on a personality level, to the point that things that triggered me in the past don't trigger me anymore. Like, you know, like I'm a, you know, my, my, children, my children describe me as a chill person. You know, I don't have the hot buttons that I used to have. I don't have the hot buttons that this family member used to have. And why is that? It's because I have... A, a complete and, 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 and total trusting and reliance upon God, which I would have never been able to get to uh, if I had not put down the foot entirely and worked the steps and applied these principles in every area of my life, every day of my life. And I know that as long as I continue doing this, I'm going to have a good life, even and especially when I don't get what I want. Sure. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Nessa R. Well, that we've come to the end of our meeting. Um, I want to thank everyone who shared. Uh, the ID f- for this morning's meeting that you just participated in is 11928, 11,928. So thank you to all who phoned in and shared and all the teams that helped make this meeting. Um, and now I would like to uh, ask Maura Z to read this, uh, the um, vision for you for us. Maura. <laughs> Thank you, Anita. Thank you all for a great meeting. Maura Z gracefully recovered in Virginia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.